Are you ready, Christine? Yep, I'm ready. Are you ready, Ma? Yes, I am. Listen to the story now. We are going to start in England. Cheerio! Spot, spot, what, what? Uh, for 1972's Travels with My Aunt. Thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah, I've got to say this. Sometimes I didn't really know what was going on, but I still liked watching. <laughs> exactly. Because, okay, they're killing him bit by bit, says 70-year-old Augusta Bertram, after opening a package containing a finger that recently belonged to her years-ago lover. Mm. I mean, what, what more can we say to tease you? Travels with my aunt. It came out December 17th, 1972. Oh, nice Christmas movie. <laughs> mm-hmm, nice Christmas. Yeah. Nice Christmas film. It, this is, it's a, despite its uh, exotic locales, it, this is an American film. It was financed and stuff by MGM, so it's considered an American oh, yeah. comedy. Yeah. The Particulars, it's directed by George Cukor, who it also was. did Dinner at Eight, The Philadelphia Story, Gaslight, The 1954, A Star is Born. He also did My Fair Lady, and he also was fired slash replaced from Gone with the Wind. Maybe oh, he should have stayed. I'm just saying. Well, he wasn't happy with what, what he, like the studio wasn't happy. Nobody was happy. And I think that, I mean. Only the slaves were happy. <laughs> so happy. Yeah. <laughs> they were the only ones that were, but they kept that. from. Yeah, from, they did keep that part. That's the running. The, the only thing that we are satisfied with is how happy you made those slaves. The screenplay by J. Preston Allen, a.k.a. Jacqueline Preston. What? She was, yeah, she was one of the few um, women screenwriters of the time. She was a screenwriter, wow. playwright, stage director, TV producer, and novelist. She nice. also wrote Alfred Hitchcock. Should have known a woman wrote this. <laughs> she all, well, there's there's so much more than tasty titties about that. Mm. She also wrote Alfred Hitchcock's Marnie, Funny Lady, and probably her most most, most famous script is cabaret life is mm-hmm. which we've done Fosse, mm-hmm. liza it's liza z and bringing it right back around to our first conversation this evening oh this is gone with the bushes after dark it sure is oh for for yeah. some of us yeah <laughs> true um and hugh wheeler who also wrote Something for Everyone and A Little Night Music. It's based on the 1969 novel Travel with My Aunt by Graham Greene. Graham Greene also wrote The Third Man, which, man, I love that movie. Yes. Remember with uh, Orson Welles and stuff? He also wrote The Quiet American and Our Man in Havana, among many, many other books. It's edited by John Bloom, who also did Gandhi, A Chorus Line, and The French Lieutenant's Wife. The music is by Tony Hatch, who was a composer of and producer of Petulia Clark's Downtown. Mm-hmm. You, a few, mm-hmm, go ahead, Ma. A few bars. I love Downtown. It. That one. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, let's <laughs> 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 
You're welcome. Yep. Nailed it. And also produced many artists, including Chubby Checker, Connie Francis, David Bowie. And he's also in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. So prestige, prestige. Connie Francis, David Bowie. Wow. Those Chub- are- yeah, Chubby Checker. It was, it was very uh, eclectic mix. That's that's just to name a few. Yeah. The director of photography is Douglas Solcom, who did the first three Indiana Jones films. Mm. Also did the original The Italian Job, Jesus Christ Superstar, The Great Gatsby, and Nerd Alert. He started his career as a photojournalist and was in Warsaw on September 1st, 1939, the day the German Nazi Party army invaded. And he escaped, but his train was machine gunned by German airplanes and they had to get out and hide under the train. And he saw a young girl die in front of him. And then they had to, they got to a farm and they were able to get a horse and cart and they were able to make it back to England via Sweden. Sounds like my man needed to option and make that a movie. Yeah. Um, So when he was just like, Indiana Jones, no problem. I am loving life because I have seen the atrocities of war. I also want to mention that the costume designer, Anthony Powell, who also did Death on the Nile, Tess, and along with this film, Travels of My Aunt, with my aunt, all of those that I just mentioned that Anthony Powell worked on, he received Oscars for, for Best Costume Design. Yeah, yeah. He also did Ishtar and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Why are you laughing? Well, Ishtar. Okay. But Ishtar was way better than the because we've done Ishtar before and yeah. we were it's way better than all of the jokes that I know they, people make about it and stuff. It's just a bunch of have, sexism. We'll have to do the uh Gili. And see which is worse. Mm. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put all my chips in and say Gili because it was not directed by Elaine May. So just there you go. I'm yeah. just sight unseen. I could end up broke, but I'm just saying I'm pushing all the chips in. Starring. She doesn't have that many. To I got, in. I got no chips. They're all they're flim flam. Starring Maggie Smith. Excuse me, Dame Maggie Smith. Oh. as Augusta Bertram. This will come in later when I do my reheatables, but note that Maggie Smith was 38 at this this time. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. Are that you was all serious? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I have a quotable. Yeah, because that... Adam Bush that says... <laughs> That's crazy how... She's, that's crazy. You're an old lady then. How you an old lady then and you still an old lady? God damn, you've been an old lady for so long. (laughs) (laughs) At first, I was like, there's no way that can't be her. She was supposed to be young. And then we were like, are these actresses banger? And I didn't do the math or research. That's not my thing. So I figured I'd learn from you. Yeah, because... It was makeup, Adam. Adam Bush, get out of my head. We had the exact same thought of like, my God, that when I saw her, the bags under those eyes, I was like, my, 
I don't understand this. We just did murder by death. And I was taken aback by how young this woman right, was. Right. And now nah, Jan, like, you've been an old lady for so long. That's right. I'm like, this woman's always been old. My God. And yet how they made her look with the makeup is how she actually did then progress in age because she has been an old lady a long time. It's the definition of a reheatable. Honestly, when you think about it, when we get to it, I'll I'll rehash it. But if you you think about it, it's what stands the test of time because now we have things to compare and we were all flummoxed. Yeah, because I'm going, how good can the filters be? (laughs) I was, I was, man, I was so confused. And then when they did the flashback scene, I was like, what the fuck? That's when everything, I mean, I had to go back and rewind because a good 30 minutes was spent in my head. I know. (laughs) My God, that woman, what? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she was in Murder by Death, which was in 19... 76 so it was only four years later and and i was commenting about how goddamn young she was in that that's why my mind was just like what is going on she was also in the prime of miss jean brody Brody? which is considered her breakout role so we'll definitely have to do that at some point of course you know her she was in all the harry potter films gosford park downton abbey i mean an iconic iconic woman who has just been an old lady for so long for a very long time we have alec mccowan as henry pulling who was 47 when this was filmed he was nine years older than she oh, wow was. yeah mm-hmm. he was in teeny you're gonna all of his things are so teeny centric listen to this just sit back and be blown away he was in a night to remember which is mm. Titanic film. Then listen to this title. The Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner. Oh. Oh. I feel that. Mm-hmm. Alfred Hitchcock's Frenzy. He was in the Never Say Never Again Bond film. And then here's this nerd alert for you, Teeny. The first volume of his autobiography is entitled oh. Young Gemini. <gasps> oh. Tis me. So there you go. We have Louis Gossett Jr., who was credited as Lou Gossett, I noticed. Yes, yes. Because his father was Lou Gossett. So I was confused. But I went, damn, he looks just like his son. But it was his son. Oh, yes. He played Zachary Wordsworth. He was also in A Raisin in the Sun, Roots, An Officer and a Gentleman. He was Chappie in the Iron Eagle films. He was in The Good Fight. And he's in the upcoming version of The Color Purple. Oh. Louis Gossett Jr. is still out here making films. We have Robert Stevens as Urquirol Visconti. I'm sorry, that's Sir Robert Stevens. He was also in Cleopatra, Romeo and Juliet, The Prime of Miss Jean Brody, and Searching for Bobby Fisher, to name a few. We have Cindy Williams as Thule. She was so cute. She was perfect. Yeah. She she was also in American Graffiti, The Conversation, and she's perhaps most famous, at least to me, and people of a certain age as Shirley Feeney 
in Laverne and Shirley. Mm-hmm. And finally, Shlemiel. Shlemazel. Incorporated. Jose Luis Lopez Vasquez as Achille D'Ambrose. He's a Spanish actor. This man was in over 200 films. Most of them were Spanish films. In 1971 alone, he had 11 films. He acted in 11 wow. films. Man, the man is just working. Um, Did he have but, a lot of ex-wives? No, the man just... I, I don't know. Maybe he just liked to work. And it was just... I don't know. He was in... Okay. Well, that's obvious that... <laughs> that my... Uh, the old notes app was like, this is in English, so change that. So I don't know what that film title is. He was also in Who Are You and Operation Secretaria. So oh, that sounds very problematic. <laughs> I, yeah, but I, but I, but like you hobla. And those. <laughs> I don't have to hobla if, if it's Operation Secretary. I mean. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a good premise, but okay. I don't hobble. Oh, good point. And those are my particulars. Okay. The movie starts at a funeral cremation. Now, I have not been at a funeral where you actually see the casket going in for the burn. Usually that's done behind the curtain. Um, and a woman in black is at the back of the church. We find out the woman needs one hundred thousand dollars in nineteen seventy two in ransom for an old love. She introduces herself as Aunt Augusta, the sister of the cremating cremating woman <laughs> who is burning at that moment. Um, and the aunt of Henry. She takes Henry on the beginning of a five-day European tour trying to get the ransom. What could go wrong? 100K in 1972 is $722,000 now. So I'd be like, my man, you had a good run. Yeah, sorry about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're to POC, and Wordsworth had a very big part in this. Mm-hmm. I have Wordsworth, the boat driver, Hakim, the Turkish police officer, and there was a black woman I saw in the bar who's a bar dancer. So that was about four, which I thought was very low considering, because I was even looking in the background of when they're on the, the bus stations in Europe and as they're traveling east and stuff. And I was just like, oh, wow. Okay. And um, so cast. Well, Wordsworth. I let on Goodreads, there was, um, you can look at, you can filter review, you, or you could type in a word in reviews. So I just typed in racist to see which reviews. And so one of them just said, Pam read this in 2017. And she said, dated, doesn't hold up well, racist. 
Um, however, this is a good quote. You are wrong to be so confident in the existence of another time, which I did like that quote too. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody couldn't even finish it because of it. But then this person, I Chris, in 2021 read this book and said, funny and poignant, more of a memento mori than the book I just finished by that title. Don't know what that meant. Um, only downside was the casual racism. It was dot, 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 pretty racist. <laughs> Although it was also making five sort of way. The racism rather spoiled it. But in the end, the only good person and true philosopher turns out to be the black man who is the butt of many racist jokes at the beginning, turning the whole thing on its head. Anyway, I enjoyed it. Seize the day, friends. <laughs> so... Yeah, the stereotypes of uh, Wordsworth weren't great. Wordsworth? Yes, yeah, that was his name. It wasn't his name. His name was Zachary, and she gave him the name Wordsworth oh, because well, she couldn't abide with the name Zachary. I thought he was Zachary Words. I thought Wordsworth was his last name. It wasn't? Because I do remember. Okay, I could see that. Wow, I guess I, maybe I was being generous. Because, yeah, she does have this whole thing of, like, he's words words. And he's like, oh, you're valet? It's like, well, it's Zachary. But I I don't like that name. So. Yeah, I oh, can't abide yeah. calling him Zachary. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, that, that doesn't make sense. I mean, he does get rated for having <gasps> marijuana. Ooh. And then, can you imagine? Oh, can you The horror. And then, meanwhile, Thule who was played by Cindy Williams, is just lighting up joint after joint on a train car crossing international lines. Yeah. I mean, like, going into Turkey. Yeah, just not caring, not a care in the world about that kind of thing. Just here you go, just smoking them if you got them. Young white girl in 72, that's right. (laughs) Said a... I'm not you, saying that I was on a train smoking marijuana, but um, you were a young white girl in '72. I know. was a young white girl. You were a mezclin. <laughs> well, uh, she, she she can't deny. <laughs> the silence speaks volumes. We have, like, you know, just dabbling into that, like, Wordsworth is referred to the black. Yeah. Um, I can yeah. imagine the pearls that were clutched in the scene where, where Wordsworth pulls up with a car full of white women. Mm-hmm. <gasps> <laughs> and then, um, so there's all of that, of course. But then also the thing I have for cast is um, referring to a woman's period as the curse. Well, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I might be on the same page about that. It, I know. No, I, but yeah, I, yeah, I agree. It is, but it's... it's. I refer to the week before it as a curse. As the curse? It's. I read an article called The Curse, colon, Confronting the Last Taboo Menstruation by Karen Hopaire. And she calls... She has this term called menstrual etiquette, and she defines it as the complex code of female behavior intended to spare others, i.e. men, the awareness that women have periods, let alone that a particular woman is having her period right now. But I think it's not just for men. Like, 
I know that growing up and even now, because she gives the example of when women give up, get up and they take their whole purse to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And like when you're in school and stuff, at least like I know for me, I was like, oh, let me I got to make sure that my tampon is like securely in my pocket as I go to the bathroom. Like, heaven forbid well, that was anybody commercial when they came out with like compact tampons. Yeah. Like, yeah. The whole commercial was people was women being able to conceal them. And, yes, then, and she talks about forbid. that. Well, she talks about that and how like the, there's a whole industry about the the feminine hygiene products and how that's kind of built it. It's like on one hand, here are these products that are, are you know to help you with your hygiene, but then there's also that added layer of the shame and like mm-hmm. that you need to hide it because, and it's also like oh scented to hide your your odors and stuff and like just all of these added things that you get put on so you're like what there's a smell what the i need to be ashamed and it's just wild because this is something mostly bad for you yeah and and she points that out too of like how we know what's in all of these foods and, and everything and we have no idea what's really in tampons and all of that stuff and and how because of all of the um like the it's just wild when you think of it in terms of this is something that it's not just it it's how i don't i'm trying to be what is the women who are born with the with ovaries and you know the organs that produce the menstruating people with uteruses yes uh, to I want to try to be in I'm trying to I'm trying to work on I'm trying to be inclusive and stuff like those people that right but this is something that has been going on because it's not just us it's also out in different species and stuff so this is something that has been happening since before it's we nature. even had language yeah before there was even language and yet it's it's just how demonized it's been I was reading about how if a woman was menstruating, it was thought that their menstruation could spoil meat. Like just all of this Probably stuff. Preserve it. It yeah, it, it's wild. And how um don't try that at home. Or, I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah, because and that's another thing is that everybody knows it's happening, and it's a sign of fertility, good health, and youth, which is the thing that like everybody says that that they want is especially right. if you're like a heterosexual male like that's what you want so wouldn't it that be in their best interest to kind of not be disgusted by that but to be like yeah. hey who, who's who's having it who who is regular this is in my best interest and it was wild and then she also pointed out how in schools we get taught things like the solar system over and over again and it's at age-appropriate level. So you learn about it in first grade. Then you learn about it again in fourth grade. Then you learn about it again in high school. But then meanwhile, when it comes to menstruation, you get one class and it's for an hour and that's it. And that's... And it, it used to be like after school and your parents had to sign a release that you could go and listen to what's going to happen to your body in a few. And if it didn't happen, nobody would be here. So... Yeah, and but the the she kind of points that that's out like how you can't really talk about it unless without talking about sex, and then that gets into the, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you really can. 
Yeah, because if you do it the way that we teach people, like the, a solar system, it's age appropriate things. And like you start teaching it, at, you know, at five years old, you can definitely have a way of talking about it where you exclude things and you like do an age yeah. appropriate thing. But no, it's really used as a way to keep women um, in their time for my TikTok corner. Yes. Yes. I think that this is another area where TikTok is really important because I won't drink. There goes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. Oh, there he is cleaning it up. Oh. I'm still. Oh, you can see that? I can't see that. Oh, it was just a little liquid. Oh. Um. <laughs> She's good. <laughs> so good. I feel like TikTok is a place where people, uh, I mean, I'm so, it's like, really, you just, I'm like, I'm like, why did I not learn about this? Um, but there's a whole group and I don't know how, I'm not a scientist, so I don't know, but there's a whole portion of like now going around of learning how the different workouts and different things and how you, like you should do based on what, like, yeah. There's that part of your cycle. Like if you're in your follicular phase, you should be, you're probably going to feel this type of way. And these are the workouts that are better for you to do. And like things like that. And I'm like, I never learned about a fucking follicular phase. phase. Yeah. What is that? I had to learn about that. I don't know what that is. I'm like, do you get that if you're on birth control? I don't know. Like, you, how do I not know this stuff? Right. Yeah, right. I, like when I had an issue with my of getting sick and stuff, I just I went to the gynecologist and I told I said like, oh, I'm having like this doesn't seem normal. Um, I'm having this issue, and I told them about it, and they just gave me birth control, and it worked, and I've just been on it ever since then. But nobody ever explained like what's going on, and it was only right. until like a recent, but the, but that. The reason is, is because they probably didn't know because it doesn't get exactly. studied. It, it was just, it's wild how it was never studied. The only thing that was really studied was the, like the premenstrual cycle because people wanted to know to, to use that as a way to explain like, uh, oh, that woman went crazy. It must be because of this. And, and it was like in that sort of uh, frame or lens that people did any sort of research around, uh, menstruation or anything like that and the whole like uh rest of it, it, it it's people really haven't it's only now and that people are starting to look into it and that's what results in us now i mean still to this day i'm like oh why am i so bloated why do i feel like this what the uh -huh. heck and then like next the next week i'm like oh that was yeah yeah, yeah. And even like I'll even be taking the, the pills like this week. I'm like, oh, this is the last white pill next week. And it's only been within the last few years where I'm like, OK, so this is what we can start to look forward to. And then also the importance of kind of keeping that journal and like being mindful of that, because when that starts to change, like if you're not paying attention to it, then you don't know about a different change. You know what I'm saying? So that like it's it's Ooh, just and change is gonna come. And and that's a thing that nobody that people are only now starting to talk about is menopause. And which is wild to me because every woman that you know goes through it and yet it's still it's 
it's I think that's going to be a thing like with this new generation in TikTok that we start to talk about because I think there was somebody that that was like a a thing and they were like oh it's menopause maybe it was even Molly Shannon on Saturday Night Live but something like that where people are like talking about it and as that generation of comedians and stuff is is going through mm-hmm. it that now they're going to be like open about it and be like what the fuck why is nobody talking about this why isn't there because you know that if that if men went through menopause, we would have made so many different medical discoveries. Like, you know, because, th- I mean, yeah. they got Viagra because it was a side effect of some, like, other, like, heart drug or diabetes or something like that. The same with, like, this Ozampic, you, you know, and you find out these different things. But there's nobody doing anything about menopause and women are just, n- nobody talks about it and it's just... It's wild, just wild. So that's a just big cast, and it's over half of the population. Yeah, yeah. So now we are to nerd alerts. Anyone? I don't have any. Mm-mm. All right. 1972 was a, a, a wild and crazy time for me. Oh, so you don't remember any of those nerd alerts? You are you are 20 in 1972. Yeah, I was. I was 20. Not to air your whole. (laughs) We're not airing all my dirty laundry. No, we are not. (laughs) The top five films of 1972 are Jeremiah Johnson, Mm -hmm. Deliverance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He took me to see Deliverance. Wow. (laughs) Then we have to do that. Wait. Then we have to do that in October. No, you have we to don't pick have that. to do Deliverance. No, well, we for don't. For your anniversary. Yeah, because I've never seen it. I've never seen no. it either. No. I just there, know all the quotes. Mm-hmm. Squeal like a pig. Yeah. Mm-mm. Sounds racist. No. Uh, uh, it sounds homophobic as well, apparently. Yeah. You get my Um, Number three was What's Up, Doc? Mm-hmm. Number two, I'm I'm gonna pick that this this summer. I think the Poseidon Adventure. Oh wow, oh, Shelly! Like yeah, it seems like a good summer summer flick. And the number one film of 1972. I'm gonna make you an offer. You oh, can. the first one, right? Yeah, The Godfather. Yeah, the the OG. So the Oscars, Sounder. Remember, we did Sounder. Oh, we did Sounder. The Emigrants, which I've never even heard of. Mm-mm. Deliverance, which we haven't yeah. done, but we will in October. <laughs> Cabaret, which we've done. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, obvious winner, The Godfather, which we've done. Okay, so to paint the scene, this film came out in December 1972. So in 1972... A Japanese soldier is discovered in Guam. Twenty-eight years he spent yeah. twenty-eight years in the jungle after failing to surrender after World War II. Mm. He had known that the war had ended since 1952, but he had feared coming out of hiding because you have to think like Guam. So it was during the Battle of Guam, the Americans were winning. He was like, ah, and so he and a bunch of, uh, I forget how many, there was a group of them. They all left and they all separated and then they would kind of all meet and stuff. And then like a bunch of them died slowly. And so by 1952, he had known the war ended, but he feared coming out of hiding because, quote, this is him 
speaking, we Japanese soldiers were told to prefer death to the disgrace of being captured alive. Mm. And so when he returned to Japan, he said, quote, it is with much embarrassment that I return. And he was one of three Japanese holdouts that were discovered, like in the jungles of like of these islands and stuff. Yeah. I never heard about that. Yeah. And he how many years? 28 years later. Oh, yeah. And he he lived off like he had this cave and he kept it hidden and he would go out and hunt at night and just, you know, live off of what he hunted and he made clothes out of what he could. And and when he came back to Japan, that became a famous saying. It is with much embarrassment that I returned became like a Japanese phrase. And then he went on television and stuff and was and was known um, kind of as a celebrity, and he really leaned in. He was kind of an influencer, if if you will, because he was into like the simple living. So people were like, "Oh yeah, like, that was his corner," you know, simple living. Um, we had in 1972, Bloody Sunday, the British version, aka the Bogside Massacre. This happened in Northern Ireland. The British Army killed 14 unarmed nationalists civil rights marchers in Derry, Northern Ireland. This is what's... Yeah, because this is... Yeah, civil rights. This is what's known as the Troubles. Yeah, So the... Despite having a nationalist majority... So Northern... Picture Ireland. You're like, all right, that's Ireland. We know the flag and all that. But Northern Ireland is a part of Great Britain. And... So that's on, you know, Northern Ireland is obviously on the island of Ireland. So despite having a nationalist party majority, um, gerrymandering ensured that elections in the city of Derry, that the city corporation always returned a unionist majority. And to make it... To boil it down to the simplest things, this is where you'll hear about the Protestants versus the Catholics. But it really wasn't a religious conflict. It was just that traditionally speaking and culturally speaking, Ireland, Catholicism and Protestants from came from the England. Those are like the English people, Uh if you will, were more in the leaning toward the Protestant kind of side of things so that's why you would get the protestants versus the catholics but it really more had to do with the politics of it and so where have we heard of that before where a majority of the people are ruled by a minority of the people because they gerrymander Mm, and talked about this last week exactly Mm -hmm. so the city the city was um, perceived to be deprived of public investments. So um, a lot of like they weren't getting a university. The university was going to another part, of, a more Protestant part of the city. Mm-hmm. The Catholic part of the city wasn't getting the streets were, weren't getting paved, you know, potholes. The property values in the Catholic neighborhoods were going down and the majority of the people this again, this isn't a religious thing. It's just to to as a an easy way to group the people. 
Exactly. Because you got to pit people against each other. Exactly. So, but the Catholic, you know, we're we're in the majority and a lot of people are, you know, if you're in the majority, you can kind of see, you can kind of just look at a map and kind of understand what the get down is. Yeah. Oh, and also, you know, I don't know, maybe just the whole history of England, just going around and saying, ours now, ours now, ours now. Um, You know, as well as Henry VIII getting rid of Catholicism because... He couldn't, you know, divorce and behead all of his wives. So he had to change the Church of England. Right. So this was considered one of the most significant events of the Troubles. But all throughout 1972, you have what's considered the Troubles. So there's bombings going on. A lot of it's in Northern Ireland. A lot of it gets in England. A lot of it, some, not a lot of it, some of it even spreads to mainland Europe so it was a, a a big kind of time, but I thought it was very interesting how you think of it as like, oh, a majority of the people getting shunned because they're thinking they're in a democracy, but no, the yeah. minority of the people are just like, nah, we're going to run shit the way that we want to run shit. And, you know, people get mad about that shit. And then think of how the story of that gets told, because when I'm growing up, in the 80s and 90s, it's like, oh, the, the 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 bad Irish, the bombers, and they're crazy. And, they're, and you know, when you unpack it, you're like, eh, it's more a, a bit more nuanced than that, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know? And that's why you, I saw you make a face when you're like, oh, civil rights? And it's like, no, it was like they wanted their civil rights. They wanted their civil rights. Yeah, okay. they wanted their mm-hmm. civil rights. Exactly. Um, we have Nixon went to China to meet Mao yes. Zedong, and that was a big deal. Oh, yes, that was a quite big deal. Yes, yes. Talk about sleeping with the enemy. I mean, huge deal. And why? why? Cha-ching! The answer to everything is money. Here's something interesting in 1972. Mm. Eisenstadt versus Bard. Supreme, mm-hmm. the, the Supreme Court rules unmarried people have the right to access contraception on the same basis as married couples. Wow. Ain't that nice of them in 1972? Unmarried people are the ones who really needed it. Right. How long? I mean, I God that's, forbid you have a child in wed, out of wedlock. Well, that's ticking. That's got to be on their next yep. overturn. So. Yep. I know. Dun, 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 dun. All right, we have the Burundi genocide. Oh, uh, yeah. 100,000, 150,000, 300,000 Hutus killed in Burundi by the Tutsis dominated army and government. Who can say? A lot. What continent are we on? This is Africa. This okay. is why 28 years after this will never happen again. <laughs> you know, because I mean, we said never again, never forget. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, the Holocaust. Uh-huh. I'm sure that I'm sure in those 28 years there was another genocide somewhere. But again, so here to paint a picture, Burundi is a small country. You know, you picture Africa. Picture the spine of Africa, you know, South mm-hmm. Africa, and just go straight up. And just mm-hmm. picture the middle and just slightly to the left in the east. Yeah. 
and just wait, slightly to Tyson's, the spine. Wait, slightly to the left, to the your, spine's, you're looking, in the, your spine's in the middle. Yeah, your spine's in the middle. The spine right. of Africa. Right. So we're going east or we're going west? You're looking and you're looking at it. Oh, you're going to the to the I guess to the right, to the east. Oh, okay. Okay. Because it's in, it's not on the coast or anything. It's okay. tucked in, but it's just, it's just kind of in the middle, and it, it's very, very small. Okay. It was an independent kingdom until about the 1900s, when it became a colony of Germany. Uh, oh, a colony of Germany. Colony of Germany. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But after World War One, you know, Germany lost. And it became a colony of Belgium. Okay. Good chocolate. Then it regained its independence in 1962. So then the land was used for subsistence agriculture and grazing. Okay. And by 2005, almost completely deforested. Less oh, wow. less than six percent of its land is covered by trees, and over half are commercial plantations. Burundi, yes, ma'am. Isn't that the rainforest area? Like the like jungle kind of place. I I I don't really know. I just okay. I just know that that might be farther north. Could be, um. It's the poorest country in the world, according, according to gross domestic product. Wow. Okay. It's and the least developed country. Oh. So we've got poverty, corruption, instability, authoritarianism, and literacy all coming into that. Ah, uh, yes. Sounds great. Yeah. I mean, this is like I'm talking about right. I'm talking about to this day. But in 1972, you had this genocide. But I, I kind of go back in time to, to give you the history of it because, you know, before the 1900s, it wasn't completely peaceful but all of those uh people were living together and it's also culturally interesting because people who are because the hutus and the tutsi and that sort of distinction it always is continuously um changing and fluid. yeah it's it's a very fluid situation so i just thought it was very interesting that it got colonized by the germans and you know I don't know. I'm not saying this, but I think that one could say if you're going to learn how to genocide. Yeah, well, you got mm. the you got the <laughs> teachers there. So you Rwanda know. is is its neighbor to the north. Right. And Rwanda had um, some issues. But so did they. Again, so, I mean, this is just the, the genocide in 1972, because when you look at it in Wikipedia, it will say this specifically, this is the 72 genocide. If right. you're looking for the 93 genocide. Right. right. <clears throat> so you know. many different genocides. Again, never, never again. So, but it's, it's deforested, least developed country, <clears throat> poverty, corruption. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> Man. So. All right, it's so poor. They're How just, poor is it? But you like up, it is it's Africa. So why why would Germany go all the way there and sticker and colonize it? And then if it's such a pardon my phrase, I'm saying this sarcastically, if it's such a shithole, 
Why did Belgium say, oh, no, we'll gladly take that. Yeah, because it's teeny tiny. Teeny tiny. So, you know, the question to every answer is money. I I had to Google, what are Burundi's natural resources? Yeah, what are they? Mm. Copper, nickel, feldspar, phosphate rock, quartzite. And it has rare reserves of vanadium and uranium. (gasps) Bing, 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 bing. So it's very easy to... What's uranium used for? uh, Nuclear weapons. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all of these things that... So this is just an example because it's it's one of those things that is very easy for us to be like, oh, well, look at them. They're just poor. And it's kind of... I call this in my head just as a shortcut, like a Haiti-type situation of, oh, but but there's just corrupt and all that. But what they don't tell you, like with Haiti that we've always gone after, is that Haiti had to pay for its freedom and was put in debt by France and so basically crippled its economy. Same thing. I mean, uh, same thing but different in that Europeans come to this place, strip it of everything. Uh or They Uh don't care about the people. That's why you have illiteracy. Don't care about any of that. No natural resources, strip them all away so we can get to that uranium. Yeah, and then when you report it on the CBS News, the genocide, it's, you know, it make, barely makes a ripple because it's, oh, those, those, so far those, away. And it's those others. people, those, those brutes, look at those yeah. savages doing that to themselves. And it's like, no, yeah, who did that? Like, how did we get to where we got? <clears throat> okay. 1972. Five White House operatives are arrested for breaking into the offices of the Democratic National Committee headquarters at the Watergate Hotel in D.C. And they would have gotten away with it if it hadn't been for that black security guard being good at his job. Uh, Yeah. Why is there tape on this door? And also, may I add, they they had Republicans who were holding their president from their party accountable. They weren't going on the bandwagon going, it was just a tour of the Capitol. They didn't have Fox news that was that on the, on the air were saying that, you know, the election was taken. I'm sorry. We never did get to talk about when Trump was indicted did everyone see Fox News when they found out and the audible gasps? No, I don't. I don't know. Watch that. I mean, I don't. <laughs> neither do I. But it was all over the internet. <gasps> they were shocked. Gooping oh, gas. of course. My God, he was in. Indi- and it's all a witch hunt. Yeah. So yeah. thank you back then to the Republicans who stood up and said, "No, this is not our democracy. This is not our country. No." Yeah, but but what did they do? They learned. <laughs> they learned those those they guys had to cover their tracks. Exactly. And they learned like, you know what? You know why we got caught? We need to <laughs> This is where I go on my way out conspiracy theory. But how how crazy am I to think? Well, now, like if we see, this is what equal this is what equal rights gets us. Gets us a black man in this security position. Who brings this whole thing, doing this job, bringing this whole thing down. You know what we got to do? We got to put them back in their place. 
and 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 also like they had the they they learned they went back they're like all right where did this go wrong we need the titan titan ship and you know that that's that's a scary thing meanwhile like the democrats are just like we've got right on our side we've got justice <laughs> we'll be fine uh, all right let's let's uh, let's get this plane out of the nose dive let's lift it up West Germany beats the Soviet Union to win the 1972 Euros. Woohoo! And this one is for Teeny. The first episode of the second incarnation of a very famous American game show is taped and airs the price on is CBS. Right. Do, 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 the do, Price do. is Right. 1972. I do love The Price is Right. That's why that song still bops. strong. Yep. There you have it. So those and one of the, the most favorite movie lines ever. The price is wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we are to negative reheatables. And I already mentioned the cremation at the funeral. I mean, my father was cremated. Look, I don't know. If I get cremated, just I've put on a show. <laughs> well, we didn't see the 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 box go into the fire. Um, the spinning camera. What? Why did we have to have that spinning camera? I knew oh, that was gonna yeah. get you. I knew that was gonna <laughs> yeah. get you. Mm, didn't do well. Uh, splashing water on her face to get the makeup off, so yeah, she looks like the no. young girl that she Ew. was. Oh, that guy. Okay. Oh man. Um. Okay, those are my most grievous. Grievous. <laughs> Um, ew, water on my face is what I wrote down for the splashing water. Yeah, how dare no. you? I have this is kind of nasty, but it made me think of um, I don't know why it made me think of the Playboy Mansion and the grotto and how and and she was splashing the the face and I was like, no, I mean, how far off though really is that uh, as an exaggeration? Because she was a lady of the evening, and that did seem yeah. like that kind of a thing to have that water then splashed on her face. I was just like, ew, it's so contaminated with bodily yes. fluids. Yes. Ew. Oh, you oh know? I didn't even mind that. I just don't want somebody else doing it. <laughs> um, the quote, I don't mind warm Pepsi, disgusting. Oh, you, well, yeah, I. I like it. I don't. I do not have a problem with no well, ice in my soft drinks. Well, I think that's disgusting. I'll have you know. I'm disgusting. I'll own it. I love it. Don't water this down. I want all the sugar. But mm. you were born. I mean, you did spend some time in Germany where ice is not a, and you don't want to use ice from the tap. I'm. I'm the not a big the- ice user. I, like I have to to um, remind myself when I use ice. I, I didn't okay. used to be, but I I gotten way more into ice. I've gotten way into more ice, probably from you, Teeny. It's now you've it's gotten me into the ice. Well, ice isn't bad for you. Because you, I think I feel like part of it was the shame of the you're disgusting for not well, liking the. But so now when it comes to like cocktails and stuff, and you know not to, you know what? It's more of a Gemini. No, you drink cocktails without ice. Disgusting. I mean, there's no time and a place, but there's, I, there's, I, a, there's a cocktail for it. Like, okay, if 
you pour it over the ice or you pour it in the glass. You've already shaken it with the ice, but I'm not a big like I put an ice cube in my wine. Okay. Well, yeah, no. See, but I was going to, my point was, I was going to say maybe it's a Gemini thing because my dad is very particular about you have to put what? I forget, but there's a set number of ice cubes that go in his five ice cubes in his drink, and you no, have to, no more, no less. And you have to stir it. And here's the thing mm. I'm not a big stirrer of my cocktails, and I'm not a big icer of my cocktails. So I get very nervous when I lose and I'm visiting the, the parents and I have to make the drinks because then I'm like, wait. What am I supposed to do? Because I'm Cause I do like a lot of ice in my. I'm just for the booze. What are, are we? I don't do we think we've ever sent one back. Anything? Well, no, because I'm very generous in my booze pouring. I make it up for that. I'm like, oh, they, if they can't remember to complain, that's my girl. So that's my secret. Okay. And then I did, um, I also had, well, I'll probably, never mind. That's my LVP. Oh. All right. I had, what, Harry didn't notice the smell of the herbal cigarette? <laughs> Harry's a, Harry's a square. Or like, I'm sorry, Henry. I keep calling him Harry. Henry. Henry. Henry's yeah. a square. Although I was with somebody the other night and they were like herbal, they were having they were like, oh, I switched to herbal cigarettes. And it was like rose petals. <laughs> so like, still, it wasn't weed. So like, instead of cigarettes. That's probably like huh. next, this week we're going to see on Apple News, carcinogen, <laughs> rose petals. High, like, might I mean, as like, well be mainlining it. The, the smoke, but okay. I mean, I guess it's bigger than nicotine. I have... Um, Henry leaves his passport at the hotel front desk. I was just like, no, I was told you never leave your passport. No. no. Like you leave a, a finger before you leave your passport. And if they make you leave your passport, you're in big trouble. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, was that just a, a thing that from like growing up in, in Germany and just hearing that, that it was like you treated your passport like it was your heart. You had to go have a passport picture taken when you were like three days old. Before I had a social security number. Yeah, we had to be able to get you out. (laughs) She can't go back in me. Um, let's see. Ouch. (laughs) I gotta get my, I gotta get my baby girl out. (laughs) I can't keister her. (laughs) Oh, funny. The criminalization of cannabis. Yeah. Just and I mean, nobody. How goes into my by the final one is Henry had a very English reaction to your mother was actually a virgin, virgin, and not your biological mother, according to your dead aunt who is really alive. But he's like he hears all that and then he's like, okay, I'll hang out with you. <laughs> yeah, she really could have had a white funeral. Had never heard of a white funeral. I had it well, either. Yeah, so guess what? You're going to have one too. Oh. It was a joke because she's white. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in, like in African stuff, like you dress in white. In mm-hmm. African cultures, like mm-hmm. you dress in white. So then that, that just made me laugh because I was picturing You're you having man. an. No, I was picturing oh, Ma I'm... having a, a white African funeral and then just how mad, mad people would get about that. 
Oh, so those are my... Yeah, I mean, he did... Can we just talk about that for a minute? Just of how he just accepted all of that and just was fine with it? Because at the beginning, I really thought she was one of those people who look up a funeral, look up who is, you know, who in the family is left. She needs $100,000. She's going to pretend to be his aunt because he was a banker. So he had some money. That's what I thought. Yeah, I did too. The red herring the whole time. And then pretty soon, well, people listening to this know that we spoil shit. So you've you've been listening for this long. If you can go listen, you've been warned. I pretty early clocked it of that's the mom. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so for positive reheatables, that golden black blouse she wore um, when they were back at her apartment flat situation oh like, man really early on when they yeah like, very, very early, early on, on when we met yeah. wordsworth yes oh okay yeah it was yeah. it was kind of uh to me it reminded me of flapper attire because it had the the waist went down past her hips right i yes and but i loved it um first class travel i've only done it a couple times but it's kind of nice a couple of times. Train travel. We do enjoy our train trip up to New York City. Wait, wait, wait. You're not going to talk about your train travels in, in Europe? Of just no. <laughs> being yelled at? <laughs> I was choosing to not remember that. I mean, that was travels with my aunt. So <laughs> That was travels with your aunt. My sister had, a couple years before, gone all over Europe on a Eurorail pass. So she said she knew everything about train travel. Leave it to her. So I had Adam was how old? Well, he was in his very he was in his old man face. He was in his Benjamin Button. He had to have been. I was probably 11. So he was probably seven and very yeah. much the his his nickname was the ugly American. Yes. Yes. And he he was a bit full of himself because and his he, father was not on this trip. Oh, yeah. So he oh, was acting a fool. Um, and uh, so that she was got the a... trip that he almost died. I, yes. I I witnessed my brother almost be killed by my mother. It's true. What I had to go through to get that water. And okay, no, we're not going to go there. Okay. Anyway, my sister gets us on this car, and I'm sitting in the seat. You know, this is good, and she's somewhere else uh adam was on my lap you were with babs or was it the opposite i don't remember where i was i think i just and the, this out. and the conductor comes by and he's speaking german and i know he's telling me i'm in the wrong seat i think and i I'm was going, with babs then i think i was I'm, I'm american i don't know what you're saying to me the, she told me i'm in the right seat we were in the wrong car we were in like a first class car and we were supposed to be back with the benches. We had seats and they okay. It was not fun. It it was not fun. Um classic trip. Train travel when I go to see Adam and Christine is a much different situation. The flashbacks, I really enjoyed the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. And 
the Louis Vuitton luggage. I mean, uh, come yeah. Come on. And I like the end. Mm-hmm. I had there was a tombstone like in the in the beginning when they were like sitting in the graveyard after the funeral, waiting mm-hmm. for the ashes, and there was a giant dog statue on somebody's tombstone. Oh. I didn't notice. So I would like that. I think um, that can be done. Pulling's courtyard garden was nice. Oh yes. Mm. Um, Wordsworth, 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 jacket. Well, I liked a lot of his outfits, but he had a really nice jacket. His shaft jacket. Yeah, I noticed I it when when he was in the nook and it was hanging up. It was the black leather jacket there, and I no, laughed. not that one. It's oh, like oh, a quilted no. one. Oh, I like yeah. the, his shaft jacket. Um, the all of her outfits. But the sequin, the sequin number, mm-hmm. and yeah, they were all really good. And I also had the Louis Vuitton luggage. Yeah. I have the film's poster. Just, oh, yeah, that was good, too. Just a great illustration. The colors are great. And it's her and it's in an immaculate costume. And in one hand, she has a cigarette and a cigarette holder. And the other hand, she has a cocktail. It's just great. <sighs> We were meant to be in the 30s. Well, maybe you two. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's a situation. I mean, um, when Cindy Williams showed up, I was just like, my God, like, she just kept reminding me of somebody. There was just somebody and it was just sticking with me. And it was just like, who is she? She reminds me so much of someone right now. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? And then finally it came to me. Joanne Woodward. Oh, really? I thought she had heavy Joanne Woodward vibes going on. I feel like she had heavy 1972 young white lady vibes going on. Okay. But I I, I was just like, oh, she seems like the, you know, like the next Joanne Woodward kind of vibes. Like if Joanne Woodward was her age, I feel like that's what would have been her tool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the old train going through the tunnel euphemism. So I was kind of confused because Ooh. at one point Henry was saying how he, oh, he's never like pinched a woman's bottom. And was that to mean like he was a virgin or because I was pretty sure that he and Thule hooked up because, I mean, the, the train yeah. went through the tunnel. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, if you need to hide your stash, ashes, like in an urn. Yeah, that's not a bad place. Not a bad place. Yeah, that's a great idea. And it's not like she can object, you know. And I laughed. I was like, my mother definitely would approve of this. Mm -hmm. Oh, because I might be going, (laughs) well done. Well done all. Oh, this gets to what we were saying at the beginning, how I was so confused when I saw Maggie Smith. And yeah, I, I just think that it just proves like that the makeup, if you go back, I, it's a little bit like her eyes. They nailed her eyes. It mm-hmm. gets a little weird with the cheeks and stuff. 
It wasn't the until the very end yeah. that I saw it. But at Me the very too. end, I went, oh, okay. Because you knew to look for it then. But it was not until they did the flashback and you saw, and I saw her, like we all saw her, that I realized, oh shit, yes, she, they've done makeup. It yeah. was not until the flashback it that it all It took me clicked. a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I was, I was the same thing. Like, God damn, this bitch is always old. <laughs> Augusta's sexual politics, I think are great reheatable. You know? She. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> She was like in in full command and in charge, and a good yeah, time. you know, was I mean that like that. And Wordsworth didn't seem to be um, having a problem with it. Yeah, and you know, you look at the the depiction of of sex work, and you just think like how sex work is just such a huge spectrum that I I don't mm-hmm. really think that we mm-hmm. kind of really think about, but. I'll go into that a little bit later. But by she all she was like a high end call girl as opposed to a streetwalker. And she seemed, at least from what we saw, to have agency. Yes. So yeah. um I love the scene where Henry was, you know how I love these like moments. I like little moments when Henry is counting the money and he's bent over and he's just counting it, and the guy offers him a job and he just stops and he's like no, thank you. And just goes back to get <laughs> Yeah. Out. Yeah. It was so polite and so English, I said. And my final positive reheatable is all of the locations that this American film was shot at. It was shot on location in England, in France, Italy, Morocco, Spain, Turkey, and Yugoslavia, which you know, it's about 20, that exactly probably 20 years, 18 years, 20, 18 years mm-hmm. later would violently break apart. So, mm-hmm. yep. Well done. Okay. So we are to quotables. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> In my case, a white funeral would be out of place. Maggie Smith. A bar is always convenient. If I suddenly run short, I send Wordsworth down. Please, I know that you're going to, are you going to refer to my father as Wordsworth? At no. Some point? no, no. Really? Like when you come to visit, you're not going to be like, Wordsworth, and shake your glass? Not, no. Uh, no, I might refer to you as Wordsworth, <gasps> but um, no, no. <laughs> no. She's trying to get that African funeral. <laughs> Your father had spells of activity. <laughs> now, wait. Okay, so this is a, a negative reheatable in the middle of quotables, but how did Maggie Smith know that his mother deserved a white funeral when she was married to his father? That means they never had relations. No, I don't think that he ever knew his who his father was. Oh. I that was because I was wondering that, and then I was like, oh well, the father didn't show up, and he he there was never a mention of a oh, father. Okay. And also, you have to think about it; it's 1972, so there. I feel like, in, especially in England at that time, there would be, you know, it wouldn't be uncommon for there to be. Um, single women raising children because right, of you know right. the war. 
And he was what? How old was was Henry at the time of his mother's funeral in 72? I would say late 30s. Yeah. So that's like the 40s. Yeah. So his, his so, father yeah. was, you know, was like, oh, your father died in the war. You know, I mean, yeah, how sure many lies did that? You yeah. you know that there's so many people in Ancestry, you know, yeah. with the DNAs who are like, wait, what? You what? Because <laughs> they're like, it no was, one will ever it was know. so convenient at the time. What I need is a very rich man, but I'm too old. Mm. <laughs> yeah, don't I one. know it? <laughs> I've always preferred an occasional orgy to a nightly routine. <laughs> <laughs> Those were mine. I have. Some of us get out of life precisely what everyone else is stupid enough to put into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a good one. Do you think they have an abortionist on this train? Yes. Timely. Yes. Mm-hmm. I said this one earlier, but what is considered to be undesired... No, I didn't say this one earlier. What is considered to be undesired in one part of the world is cherished in another. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I've never read any of the laws. I don't know what they are. Spoken like a <laughs> true white woman. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't have to know. <laughs> Sometimes I have the awful feeling that I'm the only one left anywhere who finds any fun in life. Hmm. That ain't me, but yeah, <laughs> no, that's not you. That's why we love you so. I have what you said regarding Henry's baptism. I was asked, I was not asked, but I came. <laughs> Her one liners were great, all of them. Yeah, did you already say, let's say he attends to my wants? Mm-mm. No, you're just thinking of the activities. Um, oh, what she said, one cannot be baptized Harry. And I was like, wait. Yes. And then I looked it up and I was like, it might be true. Because Prince Harry was baptized Henry Charles Albert David. Right, right. Um, and when he asked who was his mother, and she said, knowing that it was her, <laughs> which makes it funny, but at the, at the time I did laugh. She said, some ghastly German cow. <laughs> I was like, damn. Just taking shots. Oh, <sighs> yeah. Because my last one was the, the orgies line, which is great. <clears throat> okay, we are to LVP. Mine was old men clamoring after young, younger old women. Yeah, those kissing scenes are really awkward. Uh, I mean, jeez, dudes. But okay, uh, if the if the women were consenting, that's fine. But stay in your lane. Mine was criminalizing weed for black people and letting all the white people get away with it. Mm-hmm. There you go. Very yeah. good one, Christine. That's a great one. I'm going to hang my star on Christine's LVP. I did. Mine was kind of in line with yours, Ma, because mine was uh, Viscati. Like, he was just a creep. He met her when she was a student? Yes. And then I was like, wait a second. 
And then I'm thinking about all this and like she's a you know and what she goes on to do and stuff and like we're yeah. just seeing her tales and I'm like wait did he traffic her? Because it seemed like he definitely groomed her yeah. because he calls up saying like I need a hundred thousand dollars and starts and she's just like drops everything to try to get yes. this man that she hasn't seen a hundred thousand dollars and everyone else knows that this guy is a loser and not worth it the danger or anything except for her and then it really reminded me a lot from casino george was it ginger mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. lester so then i started looking at this whole completely different way of how visconti is a complete creep and mm-hmm. a trafficker mm-hmm. and again it's these are the stories that we're hearing from her so she's not going to tell the Horrible. horrible if ones. there was anything horrible like we're just i was like oh she has such agency and stuff but i'm like maybe is she a reliable narrator because she's only gonna in her old age share the ones that that um were positive in her recollection yeah and she just i don't know then i was looking at it as like like what kind of PTSD would she have? Because I was also kind of thinking, okay, I liked, I guess a good reheatable, retro reheatable would be that you would think at least all of the, the media depictions and stuff that we see of motherhood would be that if this woman, like she, I, I guess woman motherhood is a spectrum and, and, and stuff in real life, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, not every woman feels the same way about their kids and there's all different reasons for it. But I was just looking at it like, wait, that's her son. And she's just, just showing Mm -hmm. up now. And she's just like that. And then, and then seeing this Viscante and and I was just like, I think there's a more sinister side to all of this. Oh my gosh. She was trafficked. Ah, What has she gone through? So yeah. MVP runner up the scenery. Mm. I mean, getting to see all those gorgeous places, but I mean, Dame Maggie Smith. Yeah. What would it have been without her? Ah. Well done, Maggie. Yeah. My run, well, my real make, my real MVP is the makeup artist now. Mm. Oh, good. She had me pulled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And her acting at what she was 30 something, mm-hmm. 38. Yeah. So to be able to pull off a woman in her what 70s mm-hmm. and a woman in her teens? Yes. 20s? Yeah. To be believable on that uh, that stretch? Yeah. I I wonder if anyone's ever asked Dame Maggie Smith about that about her being I mean, no politely pointing out like that she's well past the age now and looking at how now that she knows what it's like to be that age what she would have changed in her performance oh that's a good question mm, that's a good question Ooh. So. okay <clears throat> well, oh my mvp it's it's a moment it has to do with maggie smith it was when they were first in her apartment and she first sees the finger and she she just does this weird scream oh my god yeah 
and she just faints to the side. I forgot this is not any Balls. Her fainting was so good. She fainted twice. Yeah, yeah. And it was great every time. But that first faint, it was just so funny. She was like, huh, and it just falls to the <laughs> side. Great. Okay. I did not do a recasting. I thought about it and it was like, well, it was 72. So you'd have to deal with uh, a Wordsworth and he'd have to be black to, to get the full impact of what the story was telling. I just, I didn't do it. I did too, but I didn't cast a words, Wordsworth. Oh, okay. So my first cast was Henry. I have, because as soon as I saw the um, Alec McCowan, he, there's this actor, he's like a that guy. You've seen him. He's, I guess he's in East New York now. He was in Claws. He's been in Breaking Bad. He's been in Justified. He's always oh, okay. a small, like, like white guy. He kind of plays, he's kind of always plays like the kind of like poor white trashy kind of guy. Um, yeah. His name is Kevin Rankin. So I have him as Henry. And then for Augusta, I have Allison Janney. Like, oh, okay. Okay. But then I was like, but then this just I wanted to do like, okay, what if we take this and they're traveling and it, it's more of like an African based kind of mm-hmm. travels with my aunt. So for Henry, I have two a John Boyega mm-hmm. or a Tyler James Williams as a Henry. I love him. You know? <gasps> He'd be so good as William. As Henry? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then as Augusta, I thought it would be great because we really don't see like this would be a great uh, comedic stretch for for a black actress. Think of Lapita Nyong'o because black don't crack. So just <laughs> yeah, just water in there. And then also like an Angela Bassett. Just I did think of know, Angela Bassett. Of just as, and they're yeah. and they're going around this and it's it's like African based and you get to go to all of these like African countries and and do all you of that. You wouldn't have to do that much makeup because none. That's my yeah. point. Yeah, they're the same in the flashbacks and the flash forwards because mm-hmm. it's the same. Yeah. She'd be great. Mm-hmm. Well done. So now we are to tasties. I am going to let Teeny go first with her tasties. I don't have any. I didn't. <gasps> okay. I know. I left the tasties up to you both. We did. We do a good job with mm-hmm. it. We got you covered. So I'm going to go in front of Erin. Catherine Hepburn was initially approached to be the Maggie Smith character. That would have been terrible. Absolutely not F rating. And. Sorry. She worked on rewriting the script. She spent three months rewriting the script. Well, because George Cukor loved Catherine Hepburn. And they had worked in eight movies together and he had read the book. And apparently the book is, well, I have it in my, when I get to it. But yes, so the book was um, more a collection of short stories and Catherine Hepburn read it. And was just like, I don't see it. And and he and George Cukor was like, no, just keep reading it. And then she was like, oh, okay. And then go ahead, Ma. But the studio head at MGM didn't like her rewrites. And he felt she was too old to play it. Because you kind of needed that young person that could morph into the old person. 
because there are not filters that can make the old person look that young. Anyway, well, but now there are. So she, but because there's so much more with that, and there's competing narratives on that. Yes, I'll bet. So Catherine Hepburn. So um, Jay was working on working on the script and gave it to Catherine Hepburn, and Catherine Hepburn wasn't happy with it. But also, the movie before this, Catherine Hepburn made a movie called The Mad Woman of Shio. Yeah. Shio, and it was a disaster. And oh. so that kind of stuck in Catherine Hepburn's head. So a lot of people speculate that she didn't want to play another crazy old lady. Oh. So then she was kept getting this, these scripts. And then Jay was like, because Jay was known as the, the screenwriter. She was known for her wisecracked and her quick wit and stuff. And so she told Catherine Hepburn, she was like, all right, then why don't you write it? So then Catherine Hepburn went off and actually wrote her own draft of the script. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the studio, the head of MGM at the time, he, there was probably a lot going on. Like, this is more than one thing. All of these things, like, combine to make some sort of truth. Like, we'll never really know. But he didn't like, Catherine Hepburn's version didn't have the charm and the humor. Mm -hmm that the book had. So there's um, some speculation like on Wikipedia, we all know Wikipedia, but some say that it's pretty much all Catherine Hepburn's script, except for one speech that was, Hmm. that Alan wrote. And that the reason that Alan gets credit is because she was in the writer's guild and Catherine Hepburn wasn't. Right. Right. And the producer wouldn't let Alan remove her name because Alan was the one that he paid. But then there's also another story that says that the only thing that it was Catherine Hepburn from her draft, the only thing that was left was one speech that Catherine Hepburn wrote. Yeah, that's and, what I read. And the same mm. reason was said that Catherine Hepburn didn't get screenplay credit because. She wasn't in the Screenwriters Guild and all of that stuff. Hmm. Um, So the head of MGM wanted Augusta to be seen as a young woman in flashbacks. And -hmm. everybody agreed, even Catherine Hepburn agreed that she was too old. So Catherine Hepburn kind of like every saw the writing on the wall. But then there's also this weird thing where the head of the MGM studio called Catherine Hepburn and said, oh, we're postponing the shoot. And so then Catherine Hepburn was like, okay. So then Monday rolls around and she doesn't go because they postponed it. And then her agent comes in and is like, yo, you've just been fired because you didn't show up. And Catherine Hepburn's like, they just told me that they that they postponed it. And then she was going to sue and then she decided not to. So it was just this whole ordeal and who really knows right who wrote what's really right. what yeah. and all of that yeah oh. it's wild uh sybil shepherd auditioned for the Thule part but kukor told her she couldn't play uh comet comedy isn't that wild she was in moonlighting and she had a show called yeah. sybil so she yeah. she basically made her Yay. money being a comedian yeah but I can see it. I mean, she was such Sibble. a. I didn't feel like Thule was that pretty. I felt like she was more cute. 
Yeah. But isn't it because my first instinct was like, hey, George Cukor, I was laughing because I was like, even the greats get one wrong sometimes. But then (laughs) I also thought, well, what if this is a situation where this made Sybil Shepard into a great comedian because it, it fueled her? You know, like Michael yeah. Jordan getting cut from the basketball team. It's like, I'll show you. I just had something to say, and I lost it that fast. Um, we already said Henry was nine years older than Maggie Smith, who was playing his yeah. mother. Mm-hmm. And at the end, we were up to $125,000. In 1972, would be 972000 mm-hmm. Basically a million. Yeah, basically a million dollars. Basically a million for a former lover? I'm sorry. Y'all just sucks to be you. (laughs) I know what I was going to say. When they said Sybil Shepard wasn't a comedic actress, they said that about Paul Newman. And then he was Cool Hand Luke. I mean. But Cool Hand Luke wasn't a. No, but it showed his comedic side. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? But that's that's huge. That's people putting people in a box of like, oh, in a box. Mm -hmm. Okay, other tasties. I have that in real life, Robert Stevens. So the guy that played Visconti that we are all creeped out by because he was such a creep and kissing her and stuff. In real life, Robert Stevens and Maggie Smith were married from 1967 to 1975. So during this. And he's the father. Yeah, this Visconti, the guy that played Visconti is the father of her two children. How old was he during this? Oh, how old was he? I don't think I wrote that down. What's his actor's name? Robert Stevens. Stevens, like um, how Adam spells his middle name, P-H. That's I've, right. said, I've said too much. <laughs> Robert Stevens, actor. He was born in 1931. And Maggie Smith, 1931, remember that? Okay. And 1934, so they're only three years apart. Mm-hmm. Okay, so not as creepy. In real life, but in the story-wise, I think just yeah. as creepy. Oh, yeah. Um, there are differences in the book. So in the book, they go on different adventures. Um, in the book, they... Their adventures are in South America, but in the um, in this, it was like North Africa. And Graham Greene, the author of the book, said he hated the film, but he did walk out after five minutes. So he just he hated the first five minutes of this film and walked out and he was just like, I can't be bothered. Um, he wanted Graham Greene wanted Ginger Robert. Ginger Roberts, Ginger Rogers to play the lead, but <laughs> sorry, Moss just having an allergy attack <laughs> on mute <laughs> and it's cracking me up. Oh, sorry, ah, oh, pollen everywhere. Um, but Ginger Rogers had stopped making films in the '60s, and it's unclear of if she was ever even approached because, again, like Catherine Hepburn kind of had this whole thing on lock, and so probably not. Um. I looked into why was it called the Orient Express? Because this this does, like the train that they're on, it is the Orient Express. Um, it linked Paris with Istanbul. And I'm of the age where when I think the word Orient, I think of 
China, Japan, Korea, like that. And so I'm just like, why is it the Orient Express, though? So it because it linked to Istanbul, that was considered the gateway to Asia, the mysterious oh. Orient. And then the term Orient is a term for the East in relation to Europe. And it it comes from the Latin Orient, which means rising. And because the sun rises in the East, that's where we get Orient meaning East. And what the term for Oriental has continually shifted East eastward as the scope of the world expanded because there was during the roman the end of the roman empire there was the orient diocese and that was just pretty much the eastern edge of the mediterranean sea so where you had israel and like you know that whole thing that we now consider and call the middle east that Mm -hmm. was referred to as the orient so it's just as a term it's just depends on where you are that you think of the term Orient as being that way. And in 2016, um, President Obama signed legislation to replace the word Oriental with Asian American in Mm -hmm. federal law so that it would be taken out and Asian American would be changed. Um, Sir Alec Guinness was originally planned to play Henry Yes. He was the original Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm -hmm. And this film was nominated for four Academy Awards. Maggie Smith was nominated for Best Actress. Who won? Uh, Oh, crap. I had just seen it. 1972? Yeah, look it up, Ma. Because we had Maggie Smith. It's pretty great. That that was a pretty loaded um, category. We have Best Art Direction and Set Decorations, Best Cinematography, and Best Costume Designer. And that one for Best Costume Design. Glenda Jackson and Sunday Bloody Sunday. Does that sound right? Oh, my God. Yes. Well, wow. are you are you looking up as the year 1972? Because you yeah. have to remember that the Oscar years do not match. 1973. Right. Yeah. Right. Liza Minnelli for Cabaret. Yes. Liza Minnelli. But look, who are the other people nominated? Because there was there was like big names in that. Diana Ross, Lady Sings the Blues. Yes. Cicely Tyson for Sounder. Mm -hmm. Liv Ullman for The Immigrants. Mm. Um, What about um, I have Jane Fonda for Clue. Well, I I didn't click on the link. No, you're in a different year. But this is the year that Sasheen Littlefeather appeared for Best Actor winning Marlon Brando. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. Marlon Brando. And they had to hold John Wayne back on backstage because he was gonna come out there and rip her head off. He yeah. was so mad. Ooh. Yep. Super mad. Yeah. So, you know, but that's, those are the, my tasty titties for travels with my aunt. I enjoyed it. Never would have well, never heard of the film. Me either. And it is in the running for the best film of the year. Oh, yeah. Oh. I enjoyed it. 
-hmm. And Maggie Smith is in the running for Best Actress. Yeah, Maggie Smith is in the running for Best Actress. Oh, my God. We got to do the the other film that she, that Miss Miss Jean Brody. Miss Jean Brody. Oh, but I already have written down, Angela Bassett did the thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 But... I would love to see Angela Bassett in, in like a role like this where she gets oh, to be comedic. Yes. Oh, she'd be great. Okay. Well, I believe Erin, it's on you. Okay. Uh-oh. We're oh, staying in ready. the 70s. This okay. is a film that I, I mean, I even mentioned it already in this podcast. Uh oh. It's already mentioned. It's a film that I haven't seen, but it's been on my list for quite a while. Okay. It's got um Dr. Zabago. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be like a month long episode. Yeah, that's gonna I they the Dr. Zhivago is you're gonna know ahead of time because it's gonna be a yeah. how's your schedule. Out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's nineteen seventy-four. Okay. Oh, I graduated from college. It's a drama mystery thriller. That sounds fun. Mm-hmm. It's available on Showtime to stream. Okay. It's um highly acclaimed director. Sidney Pollock. No. But who's having a string of success? Um, 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 um. Like this, like this is he's. We've already mentioned that he is just what, sir. George what would Lucas. you like to do next? And he's just like, okay. Well, well it's not Kukor because this had to be one of his last ones. Yeah, this was one of his last films. No, this is a guy who basically, I mean, rules everything. Yeah. Uh, Stanley Kubrick, Steven Spielberg. No, like, I mean, in in, in this, like, 1972 is a very good year for this gentleman. He could pretty much do whatever he wanted okay, to do. Okay, so who who did uh, the Godfather? So he did something in the. Um, oh, oh, the Godfather. I've never even seen the Godfather. How I Scorsese. Oh, no, not Scorsese. Oh, fuck. you got okay. Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. Oh, I've heard of him. Mm-hmm. But it's not a it's not a Godfather film. It's got a, an actor who I don't know if we've ever. Maybe he was in a couple of movies, but he's one of the, the all-time greats. I think he's still with us, but he's he is in his he's not to be seen anymore. But great actor. Had a had a great role as the head of the Royal Tenenbaums. Oh, wait. Wait. Mm-hmm. Just like in oh. the, in the 80s and 90s was just a great go. You, you love this man, my big fan of him. And we also have a man who was in, we have John Cazale. He was also in this. This is one of his string of movies where it's just like, my God, this man made five movies and there are, everybody's like, they're all fire. And I'm like, but I haven't seen this one film. So do you guys give up? Yeah, of course I, no, I do. No idea. So it's Francis Ford Coppola directed this mystery drama thriller starring John Cazale and Gene Hackman. The French Connection. No. The Conversation. Okay, I don't know this. So, I'm very intrigued by this. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, Gene Hackman appears to still be with us, but at, at the end of um, a very storied career, The Conversation. Mm-hmm. And we can watch it on Showtime. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at us just bringing stuff to you people that you are, I mean, come on, coming out of left field. Travels with my aunt, The Conversation. Alrighty then. Well, listeners, this has been Travels with My Aunt. I hope yours have been as good as mine. <laughs> and that's the end of this episode. Bye.